Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Hi, and welcome to episode 228 of Martha Runs the World. This week, it's all about staged races. I've talked a lot about different types of races. There are a lot of different types of races, distance races, everything from a beer mile to 250 miles and beyond, timed races, but there are also stage races. I thought it would be a lot of fun to talk about them, what they are, what it encompasses, a few different companies who put them on, what preparation goes involved in them to see if you might be interested in them. Stage races are those races that take place over several days. The runners finish a certain number of miles or kilometers in a day, rest that night, and do another set distance the next day and and continue that. They rest that night and then repeat this until the end. And each different race has a different amount of days that they run. Some could be two or three, and others can be as much as 10. Usually it's around five or six or seven. Each race has a different setup. Some are for several days, while others are only for a couple days. Some are very difficult, while others are fairly easy. It just really depends on what the company decides to do. I'll talk about a few companies in more detail just to give you an idea of how they work and then give you some names of other uh, stage race companies. So, And I'll include their links as well on the website, martharunsaworld.com. So in case you are interested, you can look up some more information for yourself. There are quite a few around the world. I, I'd never realized how many there were until I did research for this episode. If you want to find a stage race anywhere in the world, there is one for you. You should always be able to find one because they're in every continent. Even Antarctica has one or two. If the idea of doing a ton of miles in one stretch doesn't appeal to you, maybe you would prefer to do them over a series of days. That's one of the big draws of stage races. You can do your miles in one day, get some rest, and get up and do it again and repeat that. There's some stage races that are more relaxed with strict time limits, and there are others that have very strict time limits. It really depends on what you're looking for and what the race provides. And they may not have that many miles. They may not require that many miles in a day. There are some that are just for more for fun and to have a good time. And then there are others that are very strict and you have to do a certain amount of miles and have very, very tough elevation gains as well. So it runs the gambit, really. You can find something for your liking. Now, one of the drawbacks of stage races is that you will have muscle soreness and tightness the next day. So if you ran really hard that first day, you may not want to get up and run even more miles the second day. So that's one of the things that 
some people shy away from, they would prefer to do all their miles in one go and then rest the next week rather than keep going, running day after day after day of, of fairly hard runs. So some people don't want to do that. So that may not appeal to you, but it appeals to many people, apparently, because there's lots of these races around. One of the one of the kind of stage races you can go you can um, do is uh, summer camp stage races. Summer camps are a little bit more usually a little bit more relaxed. They're a little bit more casual. Although the and on, on Memorial Day weekend the summer camp for um, for Western states just happened, and that is anything but relaxed. <laughs> it, sure, it's not like Western states, but it prepares runners for Western states. So it's a little bit more serious than most summer camps. Summer camp race, summer race camps, I should say, are a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more friendly. You have a lot of fun. You race or run. You, you run a few days. You might run maybe six or seven miles a day, maybe longer, but you don't have to. If you don't feel like running that far in one day, you can cut it back. And then at night, you, you hang around a campfire, maybe have some, you know, cook a good dinner, have some s'mores, uh, maybe wine taste or have some beer or something like that. Maybe do some yoga in the afternoon. So it presents a nice atmosphere where you can relax, let your hair down and just have a good time with other runners and maybe make some friends. It's pretty cool. Um, there's just a lot of those all over the country and they provide a lot of a nice atmosphere and I'm sure there's a bunch all over the world. Now the biggest kind of stage race are the multi-day and it, and for this kind of race, it really depends on the race. There's a, a lot of different companies doing this. I'm going to talk about one of them first. It's called Racing the Planet. Racing the Planet is one of the biggest companies putting on multi-day races. They do a great job. I mean, everything I've heard about them, people really love doing them. Their upcoming list of races for the rest of 2023 include um, the Atacama Crossing in Chile, Jordan, Namibia, and they're doing Antarctica in 2024. On each day, there's a, a different distance and a generous cutoff. And they'll have, they run for six days, and one day is a longer uh, distance than all the others. After each runner finishes, they settle in, they each have their food, they cook their food, and they take care of any physical issues they're having, and each runner chats about the day, and they rest and sleep. And each runner, the thing with this race is that each runner has to bring all their own food and their sleep and their clothes and everything with them. The only thing they don't take with them is water. Water is, is, and tents are supplied by uh, Race the Planet. Sorry, racing the planet. Everything else the runner has to bring themselves. The trips are usually six to seven days, but that really depends on the race. For that, for racing the planet, it's six to seven days. Sometimes, um, the distances. Well, the distances are not extreme with racing the planet. 
um, I'll put on um, the webs- their website. And if you want to check out to see how the races are done, a uh, former Martha Runs the World guest, Jeff Peltier, has done a couple of them. He's he's done the um, the Namib- Namibia race, and he did the Georgia race. So he does a great job filming and covering them and talking all about them. So I'll put a link for his YouTube web his YouTube page as well. You really sh- should check out his videos. They're very very good, and they are one of the most well known companies. And the race company pays for the transport to and from the race to the host city. They provide, like I said, they provide water and a place to put down your sleeping bag. Sometimes a tent, it, that's a tent. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they sleep in a gymnasium or wherever they are during the race time because the race will move. Let's say one day you do 15 kilometers or 20 kilometers, and then the next day stage of the race, the race has moved along in in the uh, in the countryside. So you have to, they have to find a place f- to sleep that night. So they either have tents or they have a building that everybody sleeps in. Then they all sleep together in that building. And they're in six stages, and it's all followed by a banquet dinner and an overnight hotel stay in the host city, which really sounds fun. That sounds like a good time. And, um, and there's, it's quite an an extensive mandatory equipment list. You have to bring a lot of stuff with you because you're carrying everything, almost everything except water and like a set of tent or a place to sleep. Most of the stage races do have mandatory lists, except Vol State, which is one I, I will be talking about. That one is a little different. But most of them do have mandatory lists. The mandatory list for racing the planet is as follows. These are things that they have to take with them. Backpack or fastback, obviously. (laughs) Waterproof bag, sleeping bag, headlamp, red flashing light, knife or utility tool, whistle, mirror, survival bivy bag, toilet paper, running shoes, socks, tights, tech running shirt, warm hat, hydration system, like bottles or if they want to use a bladder, they want to use that one, but they have to take something. Electrolytes or salt tabs, compass, and do they have to know how to use a compass? I would imagine they would have to know how to use it because what's the point of taking a compass if you don't know how to use it? And most people have no clue how to use a compass these days. Eating utensil, that's kind of necessary, right? Sunscreen, lip balm, medications. I, I would imagine they might have to take some kind of pain medication like like Tylenol or something like that. A blister kit, compression bandage, safety pins, disinfectant gel, jacket, gloves, sunglasses, national and racing the planet patches. And these have to be sewn onto the clothing. So I would imagine they get those ahead of time and have to have, have to sew those onto the clothing that they, they will be wearing. Seven day food supply. And Jeff, goes into great detail about how he planned his food supply for his Namibia desert race. And it's really a lot of planning because it's all about weight. You don't want to carry 
any more weight than you absolutely have to on this kind of race. You want to be so uh, judicious about what you carry and and your pack because everything is going to weigh you down and you're going to be running. So you have to just plan out so so strictly and you want to have enough food you don't want to leave yourself starving because this is seven days and you're going to be burning thousands of calories so you have to have enough food to last so you won't absolutely be starving yourself you won't bonk a lot and that this is really really hard so he planned it out really really well he did just a great job Jeff is like that he's so good with this kind of stuff and now it's also an ex- an expensive race. I think it's like thirty six hundred dollars to to go get into this race. Um, except except for the Antarctica one is like thirteen thousand dollars, and that doesn't include airfare to the host city. These are very very pricey races. These are not not for poor people like me. <laughs> but hey, if you can afford it, why not? Why not travel across the world and do a race? I would think I would love to do it in Mongolia. I think that would be so cool to be out on those desert plateaus in Mongolia. That would be amazing. But you got to fly there. You got to be able to afford the jet flight to Mongolia. (laughs) But, you know, many people raise money for organizations, for nonprofit organizations. Many people raise money for cancer awareness, for uh, hunger, for child to end childhood hunger and and a lot of organizations that nonprofit organizations that need a lot of help and they run these kind of races even for just awareness in the in kind of um not in a lot of causes and they do these races to raise awareness for many causes so that's why they do these kind of things another race that is a stage race that is very, very famous, is the Marathon de Sable. That has been going on for many, many years, and it is also a stage race. It happens every April or May. It's around that time of year. It's taken place for 37 years, and it really deserves a whole episode tracing the event's complete history, and I will do that at some time. But for now, I'll talk about it briefly just to go over what it is. In 1984, Patrick Bauer tried to cross 350 kilometers of the Sahara in Morocco alone. Well, he did it, actually. He passed no villagers, no people, and carried everything he needed with him. He brought all the water and food to get him through. And it was the very beginning of the fabled race. And I will, like I said, I will get into more detail in the future. But the official race started in 1986 with 23 runners, and the race is 250 kilometers, and it's done in six days. The race supplies water and tents, and the runners bring everything else. And they have to, it's all sand and desert and hills, and the Sahara has massive hills. They're huge hills. I personally don't like running in sand. I mean, a little sand is okay, you know, maybe for a couple hours, but day after day after day of running in sand, I don't know if I could do that. 
that's not something that appeals to me. But the, the people who do that are beasts. They rock. They are amazing. And they, there are five stages to, to the Marathon de Sable. Stage one is 28 to 35 kilometers. Stage two is 28 to 39 kilometers. Stage three is 28 to 39 kilometers. Stage four is the big day of 75 to 89 kilometers. And then the last stage is 42 kilometers. So the big day is big, but the last day isn't, doesn't go down to a tiny amount. It's, it's bigger than the first three. So, so the, it's pretty, pretty brutal. And we're talking desert that gets, can get over a hundred degrees. It, is brutal and nasty and punishing and unforgiving. So you have to really take care of yourself and you have to really, really make sure that you're not going too fast, that you're getting in your water and your electrolytes. The electrolytes are just so important. You can be drinking water, but if you're not getting in that salt, oh, I can imagine the cramps that they get. Now there is are checkpoints every 10K, and they include water, and they make sure that each runner is doing okay. Each runner is getting in their salt, their their electrolytes, and that they're taking care of themselves. And so they really look after each runner. Now the flights to the race course are out, out of Paris, and everything costs about 3,990 pounds. So again, it's not cheap. But when you're doing this, this is a race of a lifetime. Your life is dedicated to doing this race. So, yeah, it's expensive, but they take care of you out there. And uh, like Racing the Planet, a lot of people run this race as, as, uh, as an awareness for certain causes, as a fundraiser, that kind of thing. So they do this... Um, because they feel dedicated to this. They do this uh, as they're driven for a cause. It, it's, it's a different mindset than just running a race. Um, it's like people who do bad water. They, they kind of feel like they have to do it. And then there's another type of multi-day race. The one I'm thinking of is um, it's called Vol State. It's a fairly new race. It's only been around a few couple of years, maybe what I think it started in 2020. Um, it's it's the one where the runners are fully responsible for everything, and then they don't have any of the support like they do in other races. If you're looking for the challenge of your life and something to do more on your own, then Vol State is probably what you're looking for. Now, this is a quote from the ultrasignup.com page about Vol State. The Vol State is not just another ultra marathon. It is much more than that. The Vol State is a journey, an adventure, and an exploration of inner space. It's produced by Lazarus Lake of Barkley Marathons and Big's Backyard bar- Barbecue fame. So you know it's going to be tough. <laughs> you know this ain't no cakewalk. <laughs> It goes through Tennessee, starting with a ferry ride across the Mississippi River and finishing at Sand Mountain in Georgia, better known as The Rock. 
The race covers 314 miles, and participants are completely self-reliant. There are no pacers, no crews, no aid stations. It's you and the road. It is a road race. It can last three to ten days. Now, remember, it also takes place in July. So it's a road race in Tennessee in July. It's a road race in Tennessee in July. I need to clarify that. It's in the middle of heat and humidity and bugs. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, there are no pacers, no crews, no aid stations. It's just you and the road. You can stop and rest all you want. You can stop at a hotel or motel on the side of the road if you want. You get your sleeping bag and take a, take a sleep under a tree. Whatever you want to do. If you don't want to sleep at all, you're going to have to sleep sometime. You can do that whenever you want, whatever you want. You just have to make it in time before the cutoff of 10 days. You have to make it 314 miles before that. And you need to get sleep eventually. I mean, you can't do the whole thing without sleep. You, what is that? That's, what is it? I've forgotten how long you can go without sleep before you're dead. But you'll be dead if you don't get sleep. <laughs> There's a really, really good write-up of it in Corey Reese's latest book, Stronger Than the Dark. And he, he talks about it and he talks about how tough it was and how life-changing it was. So that appeals to you that happens in July. I don't, that doesn't appeal to me, but <laughs> that appeals to you. It's pretty tough. And a couple people, a couple past guests have done it. Stefan Fiendero did it last year. Corey, like I said, Corey Reese has done it. And yeah, if, if you want a real, real challenge, that'll challenge you and it'll change your life. Now, there are some other races that I found out about. I don't have a lot of information about them, but I'll include the link on the website to them. If you're interested, you can check them out. At Aspire Adventure Running, they have a ton of trips in the Western US. Now they are based out of Washington State, so most of their trips come out of there, but they also have some in California and Idaho. They have a, they have a couple in California, and one of them includes a multi-day trip to the Yosemite backcountry, which looks really cool. That one looks really neat. The, their Idaho trip includes running and river floating. How amazing would that be? And these are all multi-day trips. They have several Washington State trips. They have, uh, they have some to the Cascade Volcanoes, San Juan Islands, uh, North Cascades, Olympic Mountains, and a few more. There's also one more um, that I found out about. Um, it's called the Pyrenees Stage Run, and the Pyrenees Mountains are the are the mountains that separate uh, Spain and and France. And this one takes place in September. However, it's already sold out this year. It looks pretty nice. It also looks pretty brutal as far as the vertical gain goes. It all takes place at high altitude and it is no joke. The gain is vertical gain is massive. There are seven stages and you better be prepared to push yourself very hard every single day. I mean, it, it we're talking, you know, 10,000 feet gain every single day. 
But the payoffs are some of the most beautiful mountains I've ever seen. The pictures are just spectacular. It's really cool. You you go through Andorra. It, it goes through Andorra for part for a few days. For like three of those seven stages, you're in the little teeny tiny country of Andorra. What what other race can you think of that takes you through that teeny little country? I I can't think of any other race. So that is cool, and I'll have that link there so you can check it out for maybe 2024 if you're interested. I mean, no wonder it sells out so fast. It's a really, really unique race. And I'm sure there are a ton more. They just These are just a few. You get the picture. Stage races give you a very different way to get a lot of miles in. Now, you may think it's an easier way to do a lot of miles, and, and yeah, in some ways it is. But it may not be that easy because, as I was saying earlier, you get, even though you get rest in between the runs, you also have to deal with muscle soreness and tiredness. So in many ways, it is harder. Either way, running a lot of miles isn't easy, so choose your poison and have fun with it because that is what running is all about. And I'm getting closer to my go date to running. I have, I actually have, have a little app on my phone that counts down the days to when I can start running again. (laughs) No lie. (laughs) It's like, Oh, come on, come on. Remember that old, I don't know if you remember the old department store Mervyn's and, and they had the black Friday ad for open and the and the mother was there waiting at the front door going open 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 <laughs> I'm like that waiting to run 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 <laughs> I just want to run again all I want to do is run and I'm almost there almost it's getting there it's getting there getting closer I can feel my my hips my legs getting stronger I can feel everything coming together. So that is very, very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it very, very much. (sighs) Almost time. Almost time. I did sign up again for the Ride to Walk race in September, and I look forward to doing that and doing getting more mileage in than I did last year. So yeah, that is coming along. I have big, big race plans, let me tell you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. All of the links that I talked about, all of the races, I'm going to have links for them on the website. That will be MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to email me, my email is MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And thank you so much for joining me. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.